Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden. Internal Medicine Physician with Hennepin Healthcare with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Healthy Matters. As we mentioned earlier this morning, our topic today, and we'll welcome your calls and text messages, allergies. And good morning, Dr. Hilden. Good morning. I had somewhere, but I couldn't find it, the sound effect of a sneeze. Oh, I, I you thought know, that would be fitting. That would have been fitting. I could have probably <laughs> just done it for you. Or Paul Simon's Allergies. There's a Paul Simon album. Absolutely. Why I'll don't I know it. that song? Well, I, you know, it's maybe before your time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I'm a big Paul Simon fan. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll exactly. Find it. Well, I could probably do the sneeze uh, sound effect for you because uh, it's kind of sneezy season back again for me. And so we're going to talk about allergies today with uh, my good friend John Sweet. Dr. Sweet, good to have you back. Good morning, Dave. Um, as as regular listeners will know, uh, Doctor Sweet is is uh, a, a free well, I don't know, frequent story, but at least every year, once or twice a year for the last ten years. Uh, John's been joining us in the studio here in downtown Minneapolis. He's an allergist. He's one of my older friends in the medical profession. In fact, I met John on the first day of med school, and we sat down together, and I cheated off him the whole time. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that what happened? True. I don't recall it. That way. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm only kidding. I didn't cheat up anybody. Um, but anyways, no, we we've uh, been through our our medical uh, careers together since literally day one. And John, um, John turned. He made it big. He's an allergist. Uh, he uh, he went on to further training um, after our University of Minnesota Medical School, and he trained with me at Hennepin County Medical Center, and then went on to do specialty training in allergy, and he is practicing in the Western Metro and in downtown Minneapolis here at Hennepin um, in allergy. So we're going to talk today about allergies. Is it too late in the season? Can you still be getting allergies? What are the common things that are going on now? We'll talk about not only environmental allergies, but if we want, if you have some questions about maybe maybe asthma or maybe food allergies, we could throw those in as well. So we're going to do a hodgepodge about allergies today. Um, Before I do, I want to remind people about uh, last week's show was about hernias. And as soon as the show went off the air, uh, our phone lines um, at the hospital started ringing about people who wanted to go to the event that I talked about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we're having an event on Saturday, October 13th at 9 a.m. with Dr. Merrick and Dr. Crook. Both of these doctors will be on hand to show you what robotic surgery for hernia is like. It'll be a a demonstration of of how they do it, and they'll answer your questions, and they'll even do a free hernia screen on you personally if you so choose. It is free um, on October 13th, and so go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash hernia for more information. 
Okay, back to allergies, or let's start in allergies. John, is, is it too late in the season to have allergies? Well, when people say allergies, they often think about, well, it's either grass or ragweed. And there's still a little bit out there. It was really peaking in August and uh, early September. It is going down, but it's also the start of mold season. Oh, good grief. You've always got a new season. <laughs> it's, it's coming and going. Isn't it? I, I seem to ha- remember having a pretty rough August this year. Why would that have been? Well, we had some very good conditions for pollen counts of high elevated temperatures, high humidity, a lot of rain feeding the plants, long summer days, all those things, light, humidity, all that. And the increasing levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, that's feeding the plants. So that's just food for plants, and that makes the ragweed just surge. And so a lot right. of people are suffering. So ragweed is that little kind of I, – I, I can identify it. I won't be able to describe it very well. Is that a later season thing as well? Yep. It actually appeared here in Minnesota. The first pollen count of ragweed occurred on July 31st. And pretty much uh, that's one of my uh, questions I always ask my patients. How do you feel around state fair time? Mm. Usually about the second, third week of August, people start really noticing the ragweed affecting their allergy symptoms. So you the guy that gets up. Can you kind of tell what's blooming just by what symptoms people are seeing? Or do you you like follow pollen counts and the like? Yeah, I follow pollen counts. That helps me a lot. uh, Anticipate. When pa- patients say their symptoms start to get worse, I know when the grasses pollen start. I know when the trees start. I know when the molds are com- molds are coming out. So all these things help me understand when patients say my symptoms started a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. You know where they're coming from and their likely cause. So I know you and I have talked about this um, before a little bit about the causes of allergies and and um, but but um, for listeners who maybe haven't heard that before, could you? Because I know you explained this really well. What are allergies? Just in brief, what's going on in our body? So what? There's a plant growing outside. Why, why does that bother me? Well, if you got the genetic predisposition, like your parents had allergies, you have about an 80% chance of developing allergies in some form. If, you, if there's no known family history, you have about a 25% chance of having that. And the allergies are your immune system reacting to things that it should ignore. People without allergies, they inhale the exact same thing you do, dust, pollen, pet dander, nothing happens. But if you have allergies, your immune system has learned to identify those particular things as bad. And it actually is trying to get rid of them. That's where the sneezing and the postnasal drip and the cough, your body is trying to expel that thing from the body inappropriately. shouldn't be reacting to it. But as a result, you have all these inflammatory symptoms that can cause a lot of other uh, discomfort, a lot of nasal congestion, headaches, recurrent sinus infections, ear infections, provoking asthma symptoms. All the different ways that allergies can manifest in the body. So it's not a lazy immune system. No, it's a hyperactive, well-nourished, bored immune system. No, oh, it's bored. A lot of people perceive allergies as a weakness, but really it's an overreaction. It's an immune system that's too strong and too reactive. Hence the antihistamines and stuff that we take. It tries to calm your immune system down a little exactly. bit. Exactly. In, in allergic response, one of the chemicals your body's release is histamine as a part of its defense mechanism. And that's why we take antihistamines. That's why we take anti-inflammatory medicines like steroids, try to block that reaction. Is there, uh, this is getting a little bit down to like what's in the future of treatment, but is there any way to, to instead of just treating the release of histamine and all that from this overactive immune system, to go further upstream and, and cause it so that some my immune system isn't so overreactive in the first place? Right. Yeah, there, there's some fascinating medications out there now that are used for extreme circumstances, extreme diseases like very severe asthma or very severe eczema that help block that immune response so it doesn't even uh, propagate. But it's something we've had for over uh, uh, 
50 years and more is allergy desensitization or allergy shots where we actually teach the body to not react to these things. It can be very, very effective. Before we went on the air, Dr. Sweet um, knows, he knows that I have allergies. You know, um, everybody knows my business, you know, Denny. And, and, uh, and um, he, said, he said I should, you know, that should come back in and get tested and maybe get on shots again. And I'm actually considering that. Could you say a little bit more about what people call them allergy shots? That's right. immunotherapy in the yeah. medical terms. Or tell us about that and what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, and is it safe? Sure, absolutely. So the first thing is we want to figure out what is causing your symptoms, and that we can do with uh, allergy skin prick tests. Very, very simple, tiny scratches on the skin. We wait 15 minutes looking for little reactions that look like mosquito bites that help us identify specifically what you're sensitive to. And then we can take that information, and then when I tell my patients, we take everything you're allergic to that's relevant, we water it down, dilute it down so low your body can barely tell what it is, and then we introduce it to the body Mm. in tiny, tiny amounts just under the skin, and we watch, make sure you have no strong reaction, and off you go. And then every time you come back to the clinic, we give you a little higher dose each time, slowly increasing the dose, slowly building your tolerance from the inside. So when you are exposed to these things, your body doesn't react, or if it does, it's much milder. Do you, okay, um, do you do those um, allergy shots? Well, first of all, how often and for how long? Well, there's uh, called two phases of the allergy shots. There's a build-up phase, and then there's a maintenance phase. In the build-up phase, you come to clinic once or twice a week. And depending on what type of schedule we have you on, it's either about 25 visits or for uh, some select patients, we can even do it in eight visits and build you up to a high dose where it builds your tolerance. By that time, we expect to be feeling quite well, uh, reducing your medicines, reducing your symptoms. And then it gets easy. Then we start pushing the the treatment visits out uh, every two weeks and then once a month. We'd like to do that for about three years, three to five years. So when we stop, the effects can then continue for years afterwards. Most patients, five, ten years. A third of the patients are done for life. Uh, you know, two-thirds, if the symptoms come back, it's quite, quite a long time afterwards. I was going to ask you that question because I did indeed have shots personally when I was a little kid, but this was back in the 70s, right. I would imagine. And you said a third of the people that last for life, but it would not be uncommon. Is that a correct thing to say to maybe need a, to have your allergies flare up later in life? Exactly. Very common. I, uh, patients come to me as uh, young adults or in middle age and such. And they said, yeah, I had shots in my teenage years. And we do the math and, you know, 10, 15 years since they had stopped the treatment. And sure enough, they're back right on schedule. Okay. So that's kind of a normal thing, I think, then mm-hmm. to need those again. We're talking about allergies today. Everything allergy with... Uh, uh, one of the region's premier allergists, Dr. John Sweet. If you want to get a hold of Dr. Sweet, if you want to see him, I'm going to tell you just a Well, I'll tell you the phone number, and then I'm going to ask him to tell you where he practices. Do we have time before the we break? We sure do. Okay, so the phone number to get a hold of Dr. Sweet is 612-873-6963. As always, that number is 612-873-MYMD. And um, John practices at a few locations. Tell us where, where you see patients. Well, uh, right downtown here and Next to Hennepin County Medical Center and the new uh, Clinic and Specialty Center. Beautiful building. He's on the first floor. Easy to find. Easy access. He got, he got the high-rent district. You know, you know, he doesn't even have to, like, go up the stairs. <laughs> coffee cart's right next door. Yeah, exactly. First floor right near the coffee uh, location, the Dunn Brothers location. Yeah, and then we have uh, the beautiful clinic in North Loop right on Washington Avenue. Gorgeous, gorgeous building in the historic uh, warehouse district. Where parking is free. Parking is free and validated. And then we have also in Golden Valley, right off Highway 100, and right next, uh, in a, 
But one of the, one of the grocery stores there, right nearby, and it's very easy parking there. Very easy access. Okay, so Golden Valley North Loop of Minneapolis, um, and um, uh, the clinic and specialty center in downtown. Yeah. Very good. I tell you what, let's as we head to the break, let's invite our listeners to uh, join in on the conversation. You can call us with your allergy questions, 651-989-9226, uh, or send a text like some folks have already done and are doing. That number is 81807 for your text messages, 81807. Allergies, the topic today here on uh, News Talk 830 WCCU Healthy Matters returns 52 degrees in the Twin Cities. Open up. I told All right, you I'd Denny, find there's it. the song. <laughs> there is a Paul Simon song called Allergies, and that's what we're talking about today here on Healthy Matters, welcoming uh, your phone calls and text messages for the doctors uh, this morning. Uh, 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you want to fill it or send a text, 81807. Thank you, Denny. That was actually a pretty good song. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got John Sweet um my good friend and colleague who was an allergist at Hennepin Healthcare, um, we're talking about allergies. We were talking about immunotherapy a little bit. And uh, I think we might have – I want to go straight to the calls if we could because I believe there's a question that's related to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Philip is calling in from uh, White Bear Lake. Go ahead, Philip. The doctors are listening. All right. Uh, years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I had crippling allergies where I get bronchitis every – Every fall. And I switched over to, I found uh, down in La Crosse, La Crosse Allergy, I started sublingual immunotherapy. And right now I can ride a bike any time of the year outside uh, without without effects. So it's been terrific for me, but I know it's it's not endorsed by the FDA. And when, when will it be? Those are great questions, Philip. Thank you for your call. So I've not heard I've not heard of this, John. So we we, we were talking about immunotherapy. Yeah. What is this about? Yeah, it's a it's all about how you get the allergen into the body without provoking a strong allergic response. And uh, one way that is approved by the FDA is to do what we call subcutaneously, just under the skin, and that does involve a needle, but it's very very small needle. Um, other ways that are that are done, uh, it's where, where it's been studied, is to do it sublingual. And it, currently it's not approved by the FDA, and unfortunately it's not covered by insurance. So this is under the tongue. Under, under the tongue, where you can t- try to do the allergy drops, uh, where you take the allergen and hold it in your mouth and let it absorb through the body that way. It, it has been shown to be uh, effective. Um, the, the efficacy, however, is, doesn't appear to be as strong as it does when you do it subcutaneously or just under the skin. So... Uh, it may not be for all allergy sufferers, but um, it is practiced in Europe, um, but it's not necessarily approved here yet. There are uh, other ways it's being done by mouth and called sublingual tablets. And right now there is one available now for grass and there's one for ragweed. Um, do they dissolve or do you swallow them? They dissolve. And they can be very good, but they have to be taken every day. And the problem is that... Um, it's rare in my practice to find a patient who is allergic just to grass or just to ragweed because if you're allergic to ragweed, you tend to be allergic to several other weeds. So that means a lot of other tablets that would be necessary or it's ragweed, grass, and tree pollen. So that's a lot of tablets to dissolve under the tongue. So there can be some limited use for it. But uh, sublingual immunotherapy is a way of getting the allergen in the body without it being an injection. 
Okay. Thank you for your call, Philip. So I want to talk about the various things that people are allergic to. We alluded to this at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, right now you said we're, you know, we're getting into the mold stuff. Could you talk us through briefly the calendar year? What are the various seasons? We start in the early, starting with the springtime. Springtime. And then you move should... us through the year okay. for environmental allergies. So typically in Minnesota, about mid-March, that's when we expect the snow to melt or such. And that's what happened this year. Uh, and that right then, when you get about 45 degrees or higher with a wet ground, you start to uh, expect to see mold allergies. People will look around and say, I don't see anything green outside. Why is my nose running? Why do I have these sinus headaches? And that's typically the onset of mold allergies. And even then, we can start to even have pollen, tree pollens from the south um, um, travel north to us hundreds of miles. Blowing north. Blowing north yeah. and, and affect people. And then, but then it's the tree pollens. Typically start end of March, early April, and that's like the, your birch pollen, your ash pollen, all those things. And we move into May where we've got other, more tree pollens like maple and oak. And just about the end of May, we'll start to see grass pollens. I say end of the school year. That's when grass allergies start. Early June, July, that's when the grass pollens soar. And then we start to transition into weed season in July, August, September, the weed allergy season. And then now we're transitioning now into the mold season. And some people will say, well, that's it, right? When it snow falls and right. we're done? That's no. what the beauty of living in Minnesota. Doesn't no. it freeze everything to death? That's true. But that's the time we start hunkering down and spending more time indoors. And that's when I see a large surge of indoor allergen sufferers. People start spending a lot more time with their pet, a lot more time indoor, recirculating dust mite allergens. Uh, all that uh, October, November, December, January, the indoor allergy sufferers uh, are knocking on my, uh, my clinic door. So when you say about dust mites and indoor allergens, I, I was always told I'm allergic to dust or something. Is it dust I'm allergic to or is it some little critter that's floating around my house like a mite? That sounds very good. Right. It is a dust mite. Now, the, actual, it, the dust mite is a tiny microscopic creature, um, a relative of the, sp- of the spider, but so tiny, too small to bite you. But one, as I tell my patients, one dust mite lives for three months and will lay 200 eggs. Oh, good grief. Okay? You are allergic to the living dust mite, the dead dust mite, and all its waste. And they can add pounds to a mattress and pillows. And, and it's a very difficult allergen because it's one allergen that's inches from your nose for six, eight hours a day, a third of your day, a third of your life with your nose next to something you're allergic to. So, in the pillow and the bed linens. So when people wake up in the morning, all congested, sinus pressure, and that's happening, happening repeatedly, that can be a sign of a, of a possible dust mite allergen. Okay. So we're talking, uh, we've kind of moved into the indoor and the fall allergies, the stuff we're doing now, and we're talking about dust mites and indoor things. Are there things, and I know I've talked to John before, so I know there are some things you can do at the home yeah. to help you out in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh to make your home a little less allergenic. Mm-hmm. Could you tell our listeners what those are? And some of them, it's like, I think some of it involves vacuuming your house. It might, but I want to see what doctor, I can see what John says. Well, a lot of things. I would say if you have indoor allergies, start first in the bedroom. Like I said, you're spending a third of your day in that one room. So if you do have an indoor allergen uh, like dust mites or pet dander, Cover up the mattress, cover up the pillow with an allergen cover. And those are covers woven so tightly that the allergen can't get through. All that's accumulated on the pillow mattress, you seal that up. Anything that's above that allergen cover, you wash at least once a week. Hot water, dry it on, uh, and dry it on, on high heat. The dust mites can't survive in the hot, dry heat, and that's, uh, that 
kills them off. However, the eggs are very, very sticky from the dust mites, so it's very difficult to wash them away. So they remain, and they just keep hatching, and they keep growing back because you keep feeding them every night. With this is getting worse cells. with every passing minute here. <laughs> <laughs> so the eggs are hatching on my pillow. <laughs> exactly. Hey, to conquer your enemy, you got to know your enemy. <laughs> this is like lunchtime conversation at <laughs> John's household. Uh, okay, so no, so, okay, so you wash the stuff. You've got mm-hmm. eggs. That, okay, keep going. So and and uh, HEPA air cleaner. You want to be filtering that air. And a lot of people can, uh, think dust is like floating there, but the actual dust mite that you're allergic to and the particle that uh, you're allergic to is very heavy. If you shake something out, it will remain airborne for about 20 minutes or so, and then it falls to the ground. So it's on the surface. So it's when the, you're no, you're next to the surface, or if you're stirring things up, that's when you start to have symptoms. So do you have to vacuum too? Vacuum. You got a vacuum with a uh, vacuum cleaner that has a good HEPA filter. All right. Okay. We're going to talk more about that because there's a few more things and I think like carpet is forbidden in an allergist world or something like that. We're going to talk about that after the break as well. We're talking to my friend and colleague Dr. John Sweet who is an allergist at Hennepin Healthcare. If you want to get in touch with John, I want to give you the number because John's one of our more popular providers. 612-873-6963 to make an appointment with him. Very good. As we head to the break, we have another half hour of the show to go. We're talking allergies on Healthy Matters this morning, taking your calls and your text messages. And good morning. Welcome to this portion of Healthy Matters. We're talking about allergies this morning. Uh, Dr. Hilden, uh, for those folks maybe joined us a little bit late, who did you bring with you today? Thank you, Denny. We are indeed talking about allergies with allergist Dr. John Sweet. John practices at Hennepin Healthcare at our downtown Minneapolis location, our North Loop location over by Target Field in one of the coolest clinics you'll ever find in town and out in our very convenient and um, uh, spiffy uh, Golden Valley location. So three different ways, three different places, whatever is most convenient for you, all of them have parking. Um, uh, 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 and the one downtown is right on site. The ones in the North Loop and at Golden Valley are also on site and are, have the extra added bonus of being free. Um, Dr. Sweet is an allergist caring for the full range of allergy conditions, and that's what we're talking about today. So just for listeners, welcome back, John. Great to be here, Dan. Okay, so um, we're, we've, we've talked about immunotherapy, about shots. We've talked about some ways to make your home a little bit more allergy-friendly. What I'd like to do now for the next few minutes is we have a lot of phone calls. I would I just want to spend two more minutes on what we were talking about before the break, though, before we get to the phones, and that was the ways to make your home um, a little uh, less allergenic. You talked about laundering your 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 bed linens and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your home environment itself, um, like carpeting and curtains and ceiling fans blowing stuff around? Are there any of those things we should be paying attention to? Right. I often say you want your your bedroom to look like it came from Ikea. You want hard, flat surfaces. Oh, I love your sense of style, John. <laughs> Very Scandinavian. <laughs> you'd, you'd, if you want to be able to... Uh, to to be able to wash it down, wipe it clean. And it's very hard to do that when things are covered in fabric. So wood furniture, wood floors, uh, no drapes, blinds, things, uh, things that can be easily cleaned and uh, where the allergens can be uh, quickly cleaned off. And so you have to get rid of the dust bunnies under the bed. That, that can help, too. And get a good vacuum cleaner. All right. I'm going to have to get rid of my bearskin rug. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Make your bedroom look like yeah, I like that. It came from a key. Okay, let's go to the phones sure. if we could. All right. Uh, Jim in Columbia Heights is first up here. Jim, thanks for waiting. What's your question, please? Dr. Hilton, I'd like to bring up bee stings. If you're allergic to one type of bee, are you allergic to all of them? And how long do you have to carry your EpiPen with you? Great question. 
Great questions, Jim. John, can you answer Yeah, those? that's a very good question. There are actually five types of venomous insects that we tend to be uh, allergic to here in the U.S. Okay, you got honeybee, you got wasp, yellow jacket, yellow-faced hornet, and white-faced hornet. And you can be allergic to one and not the others. You t- tend to be wor- uh, allergic to maybe two or three. There are some common, al- common proteins shared among uh, the venoms from each. But uh, the... Uh, it can be life-threatening. It can be very dangerous to have a, we call it venom or bee allergy in short in the vernacular. And it's very important to always have an epivent during the spring and summer months and into the late fall. And it's actually this time of year where venomous insects get a little more ornery. Food supply is drying up. They're everywhere. They're everywhere, and they tend to sting more at this time of year. Ah. So you've got to be more careful. But the beauty of it that – I don't think enough people know that venom immunotherapy or venom B allergy shots can be extremely effective, 98 to 100% effective preventing death from uh, venomous stings. You know, there's another uh, caller, Larry in Litchfield. Uh, Larry, did that answer your question or do you have another one? Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering um, if, uh, okay, I, I've been a beekeeper for six years and uh, the first four years, I, I had a normal reaction to a bee sting where it would swell and itch and, you know, just be localized. But I've been told uh, there is ways to get desensitized to it, and I was wondering how long a process is that, and uh, and do I go to an allergist to have that accomplished? Yeah, it's uh, uh, be, uh, to be desensitized to it. Yeah, that's what the allergy shots or allergy injections uh, can be extremely effective to. It takes about... Uh, in, some schedules of, during the build-up phase can be done very quickly in about eight visits. Others take about 20. But then you, then you have a maintenance dose about approximately once a month, and you do that anywhere about five years. And the studies show if you stop at that point, you have a very good longevity of the venom allergy and not coming back. All right. We've covered bees a little bit yeah. there. Should we go um, uh, to the think, phones? Yeah, Martha in Brooklyn Center. Uh, Martha, what is your question for the doctors? Yes, hello. Um, what are sneezing spells, and do they indicate that one has an allergy? Yeah, it's uh, sneezing definitely can be uh, one of the symptoms for allergies uh, that are affecting you, but also you would expect maybe some uh, itchy, watery eyes, some post-nasal drip, sinus headaches uh, right above the eyes or below the eyes. Those all can be signs of an allergy, but you're looking for uh, the circumstances in that happening. Is it happening repeatedly in the same location or at the same time of day? Um, is it around your pet or when you clean or stir up dust or is it when you're outside when someone's cutting grass or raking leaves? All those can be a sign that this could be an allergy, yes. Can I go to the text lines, Danny? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we've got so – this was a, it's a multi-part text. I'm going to read it to you, um, John. It says, our grandson had an anaphylactic reaction to eggs a couple months ago. Just as he turned one, his first time eating scrambled eggs. He had eaten food containing eggs prior, such as pancakes, but not just eggs plain. He ended up in the emergency department, and now we're all extremely careful to have no eggs around. What is the outlook for him? What to expect in the future? How likely is he to outgrow this allergy, like his doctor thinks? How about foods that contain eggs, like cookies, pancakes? Will they cause such a reaction since he had such a scary one with eggs? So. Mm-hmm. Wrap up, you know, egg allergies in a one-year-old, and and talk about that, please. Yeah, from uh, from from birth to about age three, the most common uh, food allergies are egg, milk, and wheat. Fortunately, those do tend to go away. Usually around age 
five to nine, you, you start seeing that. And it's something we can follow year to year to see if the allergic sensitivity is de- decreasing. A good proportion of, of children with egg allergy um, can tolerate foods uh, made with egg like, that have been baked in the oven for th- 30 minutes, like cake or muffins, those kind of things. Not, not pancakes, not waffles that are only cooked for a few minutes, but things that are baked for a good half hour and you're, you're eating uh, just a small portion of that, of that food that was made up. If, if they can tolerate that, uh, what we call baked egg, that is a real good predictor. If they can eat that on a daily basis, that actually can help expedite or quicken the uh, food al- egg allergy to go away. And, it's, uh, and it, can be, it can be effective. However, that should be done flat out. Uh, you shouldn't test that at home. It's something that needs to be determined uh, in, the, in the office. We often will do little food challenges with, with children to make sure that they can tolerate that uh, serving at home. Um, but because there are some egg allergic uh, children who cannot tolerate even the baked egg, and you, you have to be very judicious in keeping that food away. Are they allergic to some protein in the egg? Yep, is that they the are allergic. It tends to be the egg white, the protein in the egg white, which is actually the most allergenic. No kidding. Mm-hmm. A little bit more about food allergies because there are some texts coming in. I'm going to um, – about how we test for food allergies. This texter says, how about identification of food allergies including wheat, yeast, peanuts, wheat versus gluten, nightshades? Um, maybe just kind of in general, what is the deal with how do you test for – you know, there's so many different yeah. foods. And mm-hmm. how do you do testing for food allergies? Well, 90 percent of food allergies in the U.S. were children over, uh, for children over age three and adults. It's going to be peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish. Those account for 90% of all the foods. If you have an egg allergy as an adult, you probably had it when you were a child. Mm. Um, now, there's gluten intolerance that people are familiar with, but that's really – that's more difficulty digesting the wheat. It's not your immune system reacting. It's not an allergic immune reaction to gluten. Correct. Okay. All right. And so we test for these. There's a couple ways to test. that You can do a skin scratch test looking for the body's uh, immediate response to these things. Uh, you can do blood tests, but they have to be interpreted very, very carefully. A positive number does not mean uh, you have an allergy. It can mean that your immune system is recognized this, but it doesn't mean it's re- uh, reacting to it. It doesn't mean it's overreacting to yes. this thing just because your blood test is positive. Exactly. As I, I tell my patients, the, the scale goes from 0 to 100. And some patients will come to me with a list of foods that are 0.15, 0.7 in terms of their reactivity. And they ask me, what do I eat? And I said, well, if you were eating them before, that's the gold standard. If you eat a food without a symptom, you're not allergic. I don't care what a blood test says. I don't care what a skin test says. But if you eat it without symptoms, you're not allergic. So you have to be very careful interpreting any blood results that are given to you. What about peanuts? You mentioned that. And I remember a I don't know if it was a couple of years ago or two or three mm-hmm. years ago on the show. You know, John's been on the show for 10 years with me. And I think about eight or nine years ago, we were talking a little differently about peanut allergies because two or three years ago, I think it was, you, yep. you started saying, start giving your kids peanuts. What's the That's latest right. on that? Is that still true? Yes. Yeah, uh, it was called the leap starting, learning early about uh, peanut allergies. It was study that showed that if you have kids that are high risk for developing peanut allergy, and those include children with an egg allergy and or uh, severe eczema, if you start giving them uh, tiny amounts of peanut protein, about one and a half teaspoons of peanut butter uh, uh, watered down and mixed in with food at anywhere from age four months to 11 months, if you do that uh, consistently, those children that are high risk developing peanut allergy can reduce their chance by developing peanut allergy by 80% mm. at age five. 
And the studies show if you do that, even when you stop doing that at age five, that the effect is continuing to be protective and decreasing the chance of developing peanut allergy. So the old wisdom of holding back, restricting yeah, don't, possible don't allergenic foods, them, yeah. that, that was, that's turned on its head. We know now that it works also with egg and very likely is going to work with the other common food allergens as well. Just we need to know the right amount to give the infants. So, I mean, you could take, you know, of the foods you said is seafoods and shellfish and mm-hmm. peanuts and the like, you know, I guess it isn't real common that we give our kids shrimp when they're two, you know, when you're two years old, but it's a similar thing. is Exactly. And, and, and all this is with a, a bit of advice that we have to be uh, in age appropriate and in a form that the child can safely eat. Right. It doesn't mean you start like open up a jar of, of mixed nuts that include peanuts and start <laughs> giving them to your infant. We have to exactly. do it in age appropriate ways. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more. We're talking about allergies today on Healthy Matters. few clouds out there, 53 currently, and we're heading for 72. And good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of Healthy Matters. We're talking about allergies today, and uh, we've had, a, I know, a lot of text messages, Dr. Hilden. We do. Thanks, Denny. I'm going to just go right to the phone lines. Here's one that um, is related to what we were just talking about in childhood allergies. And um, it says, uh, I just tuned into the interesting topic. I'm sorry if you've already covered it, but but we haven't. We're in it right now. Could your guest please explain why it seems there's a significant increase in children with food allergies um, than there was, let's say, 15, 20, 30 years ago? Yes, it is. It is true. It's not a, just a matter of us looking for it more, uh, but it is legitimate. Uh, the, uh, the studies show that food allergies are increasing. It is uh, becoming more of an ep- epidemic. They can have about uh, 8% of children now have food allergies, when before it used to be about 4%, just about 15, 20 years ago. So, yes, the rate is increasing. And some of the risk factors for food allergies are moderate to severe eczema, red, itchy, scaly skin during infancy. I believe that's part of what's involved in what the sensitization or the allergy starts. Or even having um, uh, a family history of food allergies is also another risk factor. And just having... Uh, poor environmental allergies and or asthma. Do you think there's, um, this is a, a, a text from earlier that says, how do food allergies affect your digestive system? We've been talking about all this food allergy, and I think that's interesting. Does it affect your digestive system? Some people will, if they have a very mild allergy, um, you, usually the food allergy is going to actually uh, occur on the mouth, and itchy mouth, scratchy throat, and it's going to happen re- recurrently. But some people will experience more abdominal symptoms and uh, uh, cramping, uh, loose stools, or diarrhea. Uh, but those tend to be more with uh, uh, the fruits and vegetables if they have a, uh, what we call food pollen cross-reactivity. There's a, a pollen in that can be very similar to the proteins we find in certain fruits. For, for example, ragweed cross-reacts with bananas and melons. But yeah, for some people, mm-hmm. it rarely can cause those uh, GI symptoms. Okay, I'm going to consolidate about four texts into this one about dogs and cats and stuff. This one says, I just got a new dog, and I think I'm reacting. I've had a dog before with no problems. Is this possible? Would shots help? Talk about pets. Good question. Patients always love, they come to me with allergy symptoms, and they say, but my dog is hypoallergenic. And I say, and I, I, there is no such thing. There is no one breed that is. As a hypoallergenic dog. Hypoallergenic, meaning it gives off less allergen. (laughs) However, there are individual dogs who give off uh, less of the allergenic protein than others. That's that's that I that I understand, and it's the protein that you're allergic to is in the skin when it falls off. We call it dander. The saliva and it can be found in the urine as well. Okay, so all these things and some dogs give off more than the other, and same with cats. 
And yes, it can cause a lot of symptoms. And yes, uh, uh, allergy shots uh, can reduce that. That's the number one thing. When I start telling patients that they may be allergic to their pet, it often can evoke some tears, both from children and adults. And I always reassure them, like, it's not going to happen because I know it won't happen. You're not going to get rid of your pet. But let's right. talk about how we can manage this. And I can definitely uh, desensitize you and make you less allergic to these things. So this texter is saying the previous dog was not a problem and this one is. It is at least possible that maybe this new dog is shedding more or something shedding like that? Shedding more or just carries more of the protein uh, that he happens to be allergic to. Absolutely. Is it all pets or is it just dogs? Cats and dogs, uh, uh, mice, hamsters, gerbils, feathers, uh, very common uh, allergen as well. Yep. All of the above. All of the above. So do you honestly tell people um, you should get rid of your pet? Uh, and how many, how many in your, yeah. in your like, you know, 15, 20 years of practice, whatever it is now, how many people have gotten rid of their dog versus how many have gotten rid of their allergist? I think I get, <laughs> exactly. That's, they're quick to get rid of me if I tell them that the pet must go. <laughs> That isn't going to happen. We've been talking about allergists. It's a topic that we could fill up like the whole show always with, with my uh, friend and colleague, Dr. John Sweet. He's an allergist at Hennepin Healthcare. Um, I do recommend if you, if, you have, um, if you do need to see an allergist, I can't recommend uh, Dr. Sweet enough. Uh, I, 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 honest to goodness, think he's the best allergist um, in, the, in the metro area. And if you want to see him, it, the number is easy. It's 612-873-MYMD. Asked to see the allergist, Dr. John Sweet, 612-873-6963. He sees patients in downtown Minneapolis, at the North Loop Clinic over by Target Field, and also at the Golden Valley Clinic in the metro area, any of those three locations, 612-873-6963. I also want to tell people the hernia event is October 13th, hennepinhealthcare.org slash hernia. Open lines next week's show. That's right. Hope you join us for more Healthy Matters here at News Talk 830 WCCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.